Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to be Signed. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, at our Tez wallet address, WTBS.Tez, or our ETH address, WTBS.ETH. The best way you can support the show is by collecting the FX text article that accompanies each episode. It's a great way to follow along with the uh, great art and other references that we discuss. Hey, Will. Trandy, it's not been 12 hours since we last recorded. <laughs> it's been a busy week for us. I know. It's just the, uh, this is the full-time job, right? Full-time passion. Full-time passion, part-time job. And we have more recording coming up next week. Might be doing some interesting stuff. How was your week? Bit of a blur, to be honest. Full-time yeah. childcare. It's no joke. It really is. Pay all the nannies and all the teachers, all of the money. Yeah. When does your leave end? And when are you jumping into a childcare situation? Probably mid-June, early July. Oh, wow. So okay. still quite a bit out for the most part. Mm-hmm. We've locked in a daycare, which is very cool Montessori-esque place, which talked to the, the person who runs it. We're very much aligned with how we think about early childhood stuff. But again, it's just also very expensive. Childcare is so expensive. Holy hell. Yeah. You know, our, our friend here who also has a kid, Angela, she's been looking at all of these daycare, like preschool type places that do like scholarships or things like that, or like these like Head Start programs that are free, just like trying to find anything they could potentially apply for. <laughs> because at a certain point, like, you know, we have the nanny now, pretty soon we want them to start socializing more the babies and like getting into a, a group setting and, and playing. So we had to figure out what that transition is going to look like. If we can get yeah. it for free, that would be amazing. But I, I'm very skeptical I of that. I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. I am skeptical of that as well. Yeah. Are you going to do some sort of hybrid program thing where it's like maybe do that a couple days a week and then keep your nanny? I don't know. I mean, I think when we cross that bridge, it's going to depend on what works best for her. It's, I think, a lot easier to get another full-time job than try to find someone who would want to fill in the two days a week or three days a week that we wouldn't want yeah. her. So it's just going to come down to like what's most fair, I think, for her Yeah. at that point. That's probably a conversation for like six to nine months from now still. Yeah. Should we talk about what we recorded this week since we mentioned it? Yeah. Preview a couple of the interviews? Yeah. So we actually recorded two interviews this week. You want to talk about last night's? Yeah. Last night was cool. Very timely interview. It'll be releasing on Wednesday with Seth from Bright Moments. If you're not aware, Bright Moments has their next big city event in Tokyo. It looks to be their biggest one yet. There's going to be so many different art events, so many different artists. They've got artists just from Japan, an entire AI section, and then like a non-Japanese standard of art. Like just so much stuff. It was just really cool talking to Seth and hearing more about his background and his basically life as an early adopter. That was really cool to hear. Squad goals. Is that what we're saying here? Let's all be Seth. We're early adopters Seth. right now. We are, yeah. We're no longer early adopters to the literal internet, but not to put an age on him. He has a pretty impressive track record of just being around creative, forward-thinking movements. And it's really interesting that he's picked Web3 right now as a place to be. Web3 is the place to be, <laughs> arguably. 
is definitely the place to be launching platforms <laughs> right now, which we'll talk about in, in a moment. But uh, other than Seth, we also recorded with Ozzy, FX yeah. Hash team member and Notorious Cat. And that one will probably drop two weeks after the Seth episode. And he's just been someone we've been meaning to talk to for a really long time. Everyone knows him from the Discord, or if you've probably gone to live events, you've met him. But I don't feel like we know that much about him, and it was great to get him on the show. Absolutely. And that was a really fun one to record for different reasons than Seth, but learning more about Ozzy as a person, as a human being, as a medical professional. We didn't get to ask him about what does your family think about you dropping everything to pursue a career in like a Ponzi scheme. But, you know, maybe he can respond to this episode here with some thoughts on that. He said he's still working on his PhD slowly. too. Very so slowly. It's not like he dropped everything, but I'm sure the FX hash stuff takes up a disproportionate amount of his time. As it does for us. <laughs> exactly. Definitely look forward to that interview coming in a couple of weeks. Let's talk about this last week on FX hash. I guess we'll vaguely call this news. We both minted our charcoal seeds tickets. It was pretty down to the wire for both of us. I did it about 36 hours before the ticket expired. You cut it even closer. I wanted time to explore. It's I'd been exploring different parameters for many days at that point. It was mostly about committing. The committing part was pretty hard. And then trying to find, because I had two tickets, trying to find a uh, an output that I liked for the second one was difficult, but... I did some wallet shenanigans, transferred the ticket to the waiting to be signed wallet address to see if there are any new things that opened up within that parametric space. And by golly, I should have just minted them both there. To be honest, there were some pretty cool outputs. I did it with about six-ish hours left. <laughs> and for the most part, I'm pleased. I gambled on the random paper both times and didn't hit. In fact, on my first one, I hit the worst color for that output, which was green. I'm very sad about that, but it's okay. I gambled as well. I had saved a few seeds. I was in and out on the project throughout the week, playing with the parameters. I didn't wallet shuffle like you did. That's a very advanced tactic. Definitely something to think about in the future if I ever get another ticket. Or for any project, to be or honest. for any project, right. Yeah. Just exploring a few of the ideas. And so I opened it up in Tender, like a little live stream in Discord, and a couple of folks came in. Max, you know, Stephen Sandcat, recent co-host, Cuban, who's another Tender member. And I don't know, something about having other people there put the gamble in me. We found a set of parameters that we liked. And then Max was like, okay, so like lock them in and now like, let's just keep changing the seed or the, and then see what they look like with random and different colors and also different formats. And so we had like looked through, we flipped like maybe 50, 60 times to catch every permutation, including the extra wide, the really rare, like extra mm -hmm. wide. And we were liking pretty much everything we saw. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let's just do the double gamble. I did paper and I did size. And I ended up with a very small white. So about actually, I would say bottom 25% of what I could have gotten <laughs> as far as output. Yep. So a little unfortunate, but it would have been sick to hit 75-ish percent of what we were looking at. But uh, definitely fun to engage in that mechanism. And I still think my output is nice. I wouldn't have done mm -hmm. it if I thought there were some absolute duds in there, but it just wasn't, it wasn't on the average, at least of what I was hoping for. There were some really stunning ones in there that we could yeah. have hit. I know that the small size square, it's the least common. And I think that for a lot of the variations that people were going for, which I think that you were kind of getting at, which was you had the flowers, you had the circular radial sun. I think that that's probably less impactful for that particular style. But when I was looking at most of my outputs, the small score is actually the best for the look that I was trying to get, which was very much the abstracted, very hatchy, no flowers, really removed from what Zancan usually does. And you couldn't really get that 
in a lot of the other formats, at least not as easily. Sometimes you could do it with the um, landscape mode, never portrait or never large square. So most of what I liked was in the small square. It was just the colors that was really the external factor. I'm looking at mine now. It's number 378. You tweeted all three of ours together. Yes. People seemed really happy with all of our choices. So that was kind of encouraging that people liked it. I think it's a really nice understated one. Which numbers were yours? You kind of you got one abstract and one more standard one, right? Uh, they're both kind of abstract. I would have done another abstract one if I could. It just didn't work out. So I have number 406 and number 407. It was the 406 that looked completely disgustingly sick with black. <laughs> I'll see if I could find uh, the output in the black permutation to upload as well. It's just not quite as hard hitting in the green. I think it still looks great. And I love the little squiggle of yellow. <laughs> line yeah, the, 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 that yellow squiggle pops on black. It gets lost. In I the can green. see that. Yeah. yeah. I could see if it was like white flowers on black, it would really pop out. The flowers don't show up. Nothing really shows up because it's not inked. It's almost like it's like a light chalking the way that's done because there's almost zero ink horizon on this. But it's just this very like muted faded effect versus if you had the ink, it would be like that solid white. But we also saw quite a few charcoal seed sales coming through. Mostly at this point, the blacks and the pinks are selling at the mm -hmm. higher rates. I th as we saw a 2,500 sale of a pink earlier this morning. But the greens and the whites are usually... Kind of close to mint price, I got to say. Which is not surprising, I think, given the market right now. I wish we had a ticket feed so we could have seen all the activity that happened when those tickets came off of their 10-day grace period. I'm just browsing them right now. Yeah. Looks like actually the lowest price tickets are in the 900s. Mm -hmm. You might expect to see either those tickets are not going to get claimed <laughs> at those prices. One person 17 hours ago claimed a ticket for 1,700 Tez. Wow. I don't know why. There must have been cheaper ones. Yeah, there are definitely cheaper ones. We've seen ticket sales go for as low as about 500, mm -hmm. which is obviously the mint price. It was just people who didn't protect it. Tickets don't have a royalty, so they just recouped whatever they had. But a lot of them have been going up into the 800s, 900s so far. I'd love to see a history. It's in the activity history. It's kind of hard to parse, though. Yeah, we need better marketplace tools on FX hash proper. But it's all coming. We know that that's all coming. So the project itself almost minted out at this point. 451 out of 500 redeemed. That's a pretty good rate for such a big project. Some people have gotten phenomenally lucky <laughs> with their mints too. Just looking at number 449 here from Finca Code, this like amazing black paper with the yellow line, but the way it pops out, it's, it feels almost golden. Finca Code was the one who bought it for 1700 And then minted this. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Claimed the ticket for 17 and then immediately minted it. What a fantastic yeah. piece. These black ones with the yellow, I think, is a really underrated output. People have been mostly minting mono lines. That was my experience. Like as I was looking at doing the random execution and we were playing with it, you kind of felt like you had to lock yourself into the mono line or else you risked getting some really bad looking lines. Yeah. I like the yellow lines the best. They're the coolest. When they hit, they hit really well. And yeah. this is a great example of that. So many great outputs in here. This project, I, I looked at getting a ticket, but it was just, you know, I couldn't be there right at the, at the moment and another too expensive, but I would love, would have loved to take another crack at one. My question to you would be: Would you rather have your output, or would you rather sell your ticket for nine fifty? I don't know. I like just the story of having an output, participating in this first Zancan Prams project. It felt special. I do like my output a lot. There are certainly outputs here that are cooler, more interesting, or got better combinations. Like it's not the best output in the entire set, but I still think it's really nice. I like it. 
I don't think I'm going to get rid of it. Will you list it? No, I'm not going to list it. At least not. Not even at like 2K, 3K, way out of reach? Well, no one would buy it there. <laughs> but no, I think it's just a piece to keep. The one thing about params is the idea of like that co-creation process. We were talking about it with Seth last night in regards to QQL. First of all, Charcoal Seeds has a way higher mint rate than QQL. People not just sitting on their tickets or whatever. But maybe this one will be valuable because you made it. Will Pop, co-host of Waiting to be Signed, made this. It yeah. is fantastic. Demands a premium for now and into the future. You know, if someone came to me and, and they got to my ego that way and said, hey, I really want to pay you for that because you made it, then that might be a successful tactic <laughs> to okay. get me just to sell it. But Folks, yeah. you heard it here first. Yeah, I can definitely be convinced in that sense. I'm glad we both mint our tickets. I'm going to continue to watch tickets, but I kind of doubt they're going to get cheap again. So I don't know. They might go into liquidation, yeah. perhaps, if people don't pay the tax, because the tax does get to be pretty hefty after a while. But obviously, the upside of selling it, the tickets are going to get more and more scarce, and I think more and more valuable. Speaking of selling... We had some crazy, crazy sales this week. New segment. New maybe. segment called Crazy Sales of the Week. It was kind of a long time FX hash collector named Zero Cool. It looks like they changed the name of their wallet to IRL Wrecked. They're back and to Zero Cool now. Are they back to Zero Cool? Okay. Yeah. So I guess they've maybe addressed the wrecking that happened to themselves in real life, but they sold a bunch of stuff on offer, cheap, cheap on offer, right? Like collection level offers. Like, like disgustingly in- cheap. Like they would have made way more money if they just listed it at floor. And with just a tiny bit of patience. like Yeah. Some of the highlights here, like a Solus for 325 Tez, an Only Light Hollow for 800, a Taurus and Bird Hollow for 950, and a bunch of other stuff too. Like, like a bunch of KGMs. I think at least one other Hollow. It was pretty absurd. Like in order to accept those offers, they must have had somebody in the mafia with yeah. them at gunpoint that moment. Like, please produce this amount of Tez immediately. We need it now. It felt really rushed. And it felt uncharacteristic for the collector from people who were aware of them and their history on FX hash. And there was some brief speculation that this was a hack, but this happened three, four, five days ago now. We would have heard about it being a hack. And you know, like you said, they've changed their name back. So doesn't seem like it was. And perhaps they are someone who plays with leverage in other crypto markets and desperately needed money to fix the position they're in. Yeah. Something like that could make sense. Possibly. I know that a lot of people... Once they heard about that, they removed some of their offers. I might go back and put some offers back on some of these things that they had listed because you didn't want to like participate in a hack. Yeah. Take advantage of someone who was just trying to get as much Tez as possible. But yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's it's ethically okay to get your offers back out there. We saw a bunch of other big sales and, and by big, I mean small sales on offer like an ethereal microcosm this week went for 400 insane hash cities for 180 and rgb for 960 september chef who we met in nft nyc got a september for 350 tez i mean really crazy to see some of the offers that are getting accepted right now and then even just yesterday device one for 300 which is just absurd and then fragments of a wave for 450 and it was a really nice one a really nice fragments i was going to actually buy that for full price at 1500 <laughs> you know four months ago yeah almost pulled the trigger on it yeah deals are to be had what are you offering on it? do you care to share yeah i'll share it just in case people actually go through and accept offers at this point so i have collection offers out for impossible cathedrals waxing crescent bata for Laiko. That killed by a pixel project. <laughs> yeah. And then that 011822 00 project. I already got one on offer, but I want more. I think a lot of this 
is part of the offers game is like what is the threshold of floor yeah some of these are below 50 percent floor so they might not be showing up but on some projects that might be less liquid such as the bata Fereco and the 011822 by having that filter on so that you only see certain offers it can actually be pretty damaging like obviously you don't want to see the 30% floor listing for your solus but for things that are a smaller price point and you just might be looking to unload and don't have that blue chip slash grail status Mm -hmm. you know it's always worth it to kind of look and see what's out there every now and then take a peek at the bad offers because there might actually be one in there that you want to accept (laughs) the interesting thing also is that once you're in collection offer mode, there is the game when you're competing against other people to have the highest offer. I've been going back and forth with Carpe Diem on Waxing Crescent, for example. Now, where are you seeing those collection offers? Because I f- have not figured out how to view. Oh, this is like the worst part about FX Hash right now is you have to go to the project page. Okay. Click on Marketplace. Okay. Click on Offers. Okay. And then you'll see all of the collection offers that are there. Oh, okay. Yes. It's really convoluted. It needs to be surfaced somewhere else. FX Hash team, please pay attention to everything that we're saying. Because <laughs> I think that will help with some of like the low offers that we're seeing. Because psychologically, people will see what the offer is they'll see that there are offers out there and they'll be more inclined to place a new offer Mm -hmm. right or at least have the information that's there so earlier i had some offers out i had one get accepted on my on an unfinished which was cool so cool yeah for 165 pretty good deal but then i also had one on defrag i had one on reading a book and at the time i was placing those offers i couldn't figure out without having one in my collection and seeing what people had offered on it right and i was like oh i wish so i think that must be a relatively new feature i love that I ended up canceling those offers. I had an offer on a tick also, which I canceled. And right now I have an offer on a Contra. (laughs) On projects or on a specific piece? On a specific one that got listed this week. Number 303 listed for $1,369. It is the floor. It's a green background. It's pretty nice. I like it. And I offered $900, which is just above, turns out, the highest collection offer, which is $850. So I figured there's a chance that if this person was trying to move this piece, it's an unnamed wallet. So they could just be someone who's not engaged and just trying to sell something. It's been there for like two days. Yeah. Not accepted yet. I'll probably give it another day or two and move on. So far, I think that collection offers have been a hit. I prefer it from a buying perspective because even though it's important to buy the pieces that you really love, you can still do that. But there's something nice about the passivity of buying where it's like you put something out there, you're not constantly like poking around and examining if you're just interested in a project as a whole. So from that perspective, I've really enjoyed the collection offers as a buyer. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep playing with it. Just trying to focus on getting deals right now. And if people are accepting these really low offers, then why can't I be the one getting the art? Yeah. That's kind of the mindset I have about it right now. I'm excited for the next time we get a flippable project. Putting collection offers out as soon as it's minting. Here's what I'll pay for any number of these. Mm -hmm. You don't need to keep listing and relisting. Just you can accept my offer. I feel like we saw that a little bit on the Reflejos release Mm. this week from 1RG, the Bright Moments thing, which we'll discuss a little bit later. I remember as that was getting minted, it was a params project. So tickets were not getting exchanged super quickly. But some sales within the first day were collection offer sales. But yes, you're right. As soon as we get like a really big, like say three, 400 piece non-params, like flippable hot project, I think these collection offers will be very interesting. Should we do donations and then talk about platforms? Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. All right. Donations this week. Uh, I'll start off by giving some gratitude to everyone who minted the article last week. 
feels like this last two, we've seen a big uptick in the article mint, which is great. Thank you very much. Don't stop. We love to see it. We also received two Liminalia tickets from Zazuzel, a project that they put up on FX Params. And Rich Pool gave us a Bubble Mania ticket, which was a Toxie project that was just kind of airdropped to people. Did you make your Liminalia? No, not yet. I'm really bad at Params tickets. Okay. I still need to do it. I made mine. It's a really cool project. I think there's still tickets available for anyone who wants to go check that out. Not very expensive. And you gave me the Bubble Mania ticket. <laughs> yeah, I got a reserve on Bubble Mania. Oh, you did? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, very lucky. Yeah, it's a weird one from Toxie, for sure. It was very performative, at least, so it was easy to shuffle around and find something. But it's just it's... kind of a weird weirdo project. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, Params projects that have very few lovers. Mm -hmm. It's not overwhelming. Like, overwhelming parameters is just too much. Yeah, I, I agree. Simple, clean. Elegant bubbles. <laughs> What's there not to like? Are we overwhelmed by the number of platforms that we're trying to keep track of right now? How are you feeling? <laughs> a little out of the loop in some respects. Yeah. And kind of feeling bad about it. About being out of the loop? I think we're pretty much in the loop for at least three key platforms. FX Hash versus Artblocks. We track those pretty well. If you include something like Bright Moments as a platform... They are, yeah. I mean, kind of. It's more of like an event rather than a dedicated ecosystem. Right, because they don't have their own marketplace. It's not like a full vertical. Yeah, and they release on FX Hash, release with the Artblocks engine, their own contracts. Given those top three or those core three, I feel like we're doing pretty well. It's all these other freaking platforms that have been like rising up for the last four to six months that are just, oh my gosh, what's happening? And maybe that's because we don't pay much attention to other chains. A good example was like this week, and this is not a platform that's that new. They've been around for probably about as long as FX Hash, maybe not quite as long, but like Vertical Crypto. I feel like we follow them on Twitter and I still never seem to know when their projects are coming out unless they're releasing them on FX Hash, which they sometimes do. Like this week, they had two pieces out, one from Emmanuel Passan and another from Marcelo Rodriguez. And no one seemed to even know that there was this Marcelo piece dropping and it just literally went from 2 ETH down to 0.15 before anyone even started noticing it. And it's still not minted out. It's actually doing pretty well considering a lot of projects this week. There's 18 left of 150, so it looks like it will mint out. But for a while there, it just looked like it was DOA. I mean, VCA, I would probably put into the same camp as Bright Moments. It's an art institution, not necessarily like a minting platform. Mm -hmm. Where it's really partnering with artists. Like, I guess it's kind of like a cross between Bright Moments and Verse in some respects. But maybe it's a Twitter reach, artist reach, I don't know. But you're right, there just seems to be less hype about a lot of these projects right now. It's challenging. And like the uh, Emmanuel piece is not very minted. I think there's only been a handful of those minted. On top of that, there was a completely new platform that launched this week <laughs> called Eclipse.art. Podcast friend Sculptor's Corner did a Twitter spaces with one of the founders of that platform, which is an extension of gen.art, another platform that we never really talked about on the show, but I think they did like more of a curated style releases. And this is their attempt at doing long form generative art now. And a bunch of the artists that we're releasing too, which happened to also be like a lot of artists that we know from FX hash, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you take a look at this stuff? Yeah, I listened to the Twitter space. I took a look at a lot of the stuff here. And ultimately it seems like Eclipse is trying to be the FX hash of ETH, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody can release at any time. You can set your own price. 
it looks like one of the value adds, uh, at least when the founders are talking about it, is the ability for artists to own their contract. Not sure about the technical details about how that differs from like what FX Hash is doing. I guess everything there is on the FX Hash contract. Contract, yeah. I guess in theory the difference is, and I'm not exactly sure how this works, but so a QQL, right? That's its own con- its own contract, mm-hmm. and because of the way that's written, I think it's like impossible or at least harder to get around the royalties of QQL tickets and minted pieces Mm. because they aren't just using like the generic art blocks contract or another platform's contract. They wrote their own thing. So I I guess in theory, by giving artists more control and more tools to like make their own contracts, because that's a bigger problem on ETH. Yeah. I guess that helps, but I'm not, I don't know enough about all this stuff to know if it like fully locks up the ability to make sure you always get your royalty or what. Or maybe it just makes it easier to enforce. Unsure. But that said, there are currently five of these projects out on eclipse.art. I don't think it's actually fully open to release on, I'm guessing, because I feel like we might have seen at least one other person drop something. So this might be like their launch week. Uh, There's the ability to mint. There's a giant create button where you upload a zip file. I just would think that there might have been, because this has been live now for like five, six days. Yeah. You would think that someone would have at least put something up, even if it didn't mint out. So that's what made me guess that perhaps this is like the launch week. And then when these, they are calling these their Genesis releases, the last of which are opening up today. So maybe the platform will fully open after those launch. I don't know. Not sure. I think the other story about this though, is that these, I think are typical low prices for ETH. The range in price of the live projects is anywhere from free to 0.05, which I don't know what that is in test terms because I don't know anything about Ethereum (laughs) prices right now. 0.05 is like 100 bucks. Oh, 100 tests. Yeah, it's like 100 tests. So let's just call ETH 2000 right now. It's been floating around 2000. So it shows the difference in, I think, what the expectation is going to be because you know there's artists here who when they drop on Tez, I don't think, for example, like eDuxDucks, who we, we like, we've talked about on the show. I don't think eDuxDucks has ever released anything on Tez for more than like six Tez, right? Like I was looking through their projects and now here they have a project out and they're trying to get a hundred bucks for it. And you kind of have to, because like, for example, the free project, mm-hmm. their Eclipse Genesis, it's a free project, a thousand editions available. They've only minted 162 because it costs like 20 plus in gas just to get yeah. one. So you can't have a $5 project with a $20 gas fee. Plus then royalties on top for anybody who wants to be trying to speculate on the secondary. And speculation is a big driving factor of a lot of the NFT movement yeah. on Ethereum. And as a result, even though these projects feel on the ETH side inexpensive, they're just not getting minted. And I don't know what the prospects of them minting out in the future are. Like perhaps if gas gets very, very cheap, people will turn their attention to these. Or if ETH gets really cheap, like if ETH just halves in price, maybe these become a lot more appealing. This is going to be a perpetual problem for ETH from now until they ever figure out the gas situation very, very much. Because the curation layer is, I think, the driving force on Ethereum right now. People want to have curated projects that they know that they're going to like and that have been vetted by some sort of curation board, at least in terms of the success of Artblocks, which also has the advantage of being like the first mover overall. And then also looking at something like Tonic, which has had really top tier artists with Stefano Contiero, William Mapan, and they have actually Iskra coming up next month, which is insanity. And all of these have been really successful when it comes to creating projects and selling them out at higher price points. Tonic is going for like that super prestigious, releasing maybe one project a month, 
or even less frequently major artists, physical components. I mean, their whole branding is like premium, premium, premium. It is a huge problem. They can enable things like layer twos and other solutions on ETH to work around the gas, but then I don't know what that does to the marketplace. It creates like fragmentation. Yeah. I know that last year there was like an FX hash style platform that released on Polygon. That's a layer two. Gas is very inexpensive. For a brief moment, a bunch of FX hash artists went over there to try their luck. And I don't think it played out either because it just wasn't there wasn't a community, there wasn't an ecosystem. There weren't people like desperately looking for generative art on Polygon to begin with. So it's an interesting challenge. I don't know what they can do with an open platform, right? Like it does feel like on Ethereum, you need to be courting really big artists to justify the prices to make the gas worthwhile. But perhaps we'll see some big names jump in because they want an uncurated way to release. Someone like Mapan might decide, hey, I don't want to wait six months. I have a cool project. <laughs> he's a bad example because it seems Not like he's really very willing to wait. Yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. We're also seeing the proliferation of these generative art platforms on Tezos as well, which it's not concerning. It's just interesting, perhaps. I think we're both kind of anti-monopoly in the sense that you know we want to have choice when we pick our utility company, pick our internet <laughs> provider. It's not just uh, Amazon is the only place to get paper towels in town. Mm-hmm. But I think the sentiments around that changes when it's based off of a community and an ecosystem where we will follow artists to these different platforms, even on Tezos. But it does feel like it drives a lot of attention away from these platforms in more of a startup environment. An example would be like editart.xyz, which launched mm-hmm. recently-ish by artist Pi Fragile, who I'm sure we've talked about a couple of times in the past for FX hash releases. This is a really good idea for a platform if you didn't know that like FX params was coming, right? Yeah. Because the entire idea here is to do drops where users can play with the parameters. But with FX params now and the amount of work they're doing on that, what's the incentive for jumping over to this platform versus just doing on FX hash. I don't know. No idea. I'm looking at some of these projects and it's cool. But again, it's kind of like almost a side project thing. When we were talking about this the other day, you're reminding me of the uh, not necessarily generative art platforms, but like sub ecosystems of a sort. Like there's the NFT like gotcha system where it's like you can put in money and you'll get things out like in a vending machine. Which is different because you're not minting art on that. You're using NFTs that you already own. And there was an NFT vending machine that somebody linked to literally yesterday where you can pay money and just get a random fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> but which is cute, but it doesn't seem sustainable. Yeah, and it serves a different purpose within the overall platform. It strikes the gambling itch, but not necessarily the artist-creator itch. The other big platform that came to my attention this week that has actually been around for many months is Genify.xyz, which is on Lambda, not Tezos. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, but it came to my attention because Nudaru is going to be releasing his next project there, which was surprising to hear because, you know, obviously he's a beloved FX hash user, recently had huge success on Verse uh, with his 200 edition, $200 price point. And I'm all for artists making moves and exploring other platforms and opening themselves up to new markets which is ostensibly the reason why they're going to these new platforms. But I don't want to be chasing people to other chains necessarily. Especially one where Coinbase won't even let me buy this token, Lambda, which used to have issues buying Tezos from New York State, now in New Jersey. And I think also in New York now, it seems like you can probably get Tezos from there too. But it's weird that it's one that you can't even buy from Mm -hmm. Coinbase. 
I don't actually know what the deal with this site is and with Lambda. It looks like they're trying to be multi-chain. Like they have a bunch of other chains here, Ethereum, Binance, Polygon, Avalanche, but they're all grayed out. Like they're not working yet. So I don't know if Lambda is supposed to integrate with all of those or if their goal is to eventually enable all of those chains on one platform. Who knows? Tezos is not on that list, interestingly enough. It could be like a contract language thing, but... I'm not sure what the incentive is to jump over to this chain, mm-hmm. especially for these artists too. Again, seeing a lot of people that we know from FX Hash here, Pixel Wank, Ivy Poser, Jimmy Wen, Pixel Boy, Julia V, Kyle Huang, who we haven't seen in a while mm-hmm. <laughs> on FX Hash, but was definitely around back in the late beta, early 1.0 days. Just another platform. And I don't know. I kind of feel like this segment is like platform roundup. Like we're just learning about all this stuff. And it just kind of blows my mind that there are so many of these things. And it sounds like there are niche communities, like these projects on Genify, they do have secondary volume, like in Lambda terms and what Lambda is like 0.001. Yeah, it's like a tenth of a cent. (laughs) Not even a full cent. Yeah. So in USD terms, the volume is low. However, people are making 4x on whatever project that they're potentially purchasing. But there are very few holders of these projects as well. Uh, I was looking at one and it's 400 editions, but only 69 holders. So it's a lot of people who are, I think, looking to sit and hold as they speculate on this growing bigger, which makes sense. That was a really great model for FX Hash early adopters. And part of this all goes back to also on these other platforms, especially ones that use IPFS or are self-hosted or on other chains that are like have less community or less, less stability. Is there a risk there of your NFTs going away? I feel like there's more of a risk... I guess I would say, I assume the artists at least have looked into this when they're when they're releasing on these platforms and know like how the art is being handled on the back end and have some basic understandings, but maybe not. I, I honestly have no idea. I'm doing some conversions, by the way. Well, So when I see that the Pixelwank project has almost a million in volume in Lambda, that's $1,000 in secondary. Which is not bad. That's good for FX Hash right now. It's good for FX Hash right now, but you would think that probably he could get that and I don't know what the primary on that was as secondary volume. So he only has a, a very small portion of that in royalty. It's just weird. I don't know. I'd be curious to know a little bit more, like if you've released on these other platforms and you decide not to do it on FX Hash, like, do you feel like it was worth it? What were you hoping to get out of it? We can start a giant message thread <laughs> on Twitter, tagging all these artists. You can do it privately, perhaps. Yeah, reach out. Let us know if you want to anonymously tell us why you released a project on Edit or Genify or even some other platform that we don't know about versus FX Hash. We might not even put it on the show. I think we're just morbidly curious yeah. because it helps further our own understanding on the psychology of artists. So who knows? Let's take the focus to FX Hash then. There were some good projects this week and we're starting a little segment here that we'll hopefully do for a few weeks of throwback mintables. So I already talked about my pickup this week. It was an unfinished. You have some offers out. So Trinity, what is a project from FX Hash past that you still like that is mintable? Well, obviously, these only go back to the start of FX Hash 1.0. Everything that was in beta was burned when that closed. So the first project that I have on here is one of the first mintable projects from way back in April or May last year. So it's been around for almost a year. And this one is called Cellular Housing by Philosophy, who has had a number of projects here on FX Hash including Sculpt One, which is an amazing beta project that I absolutely Mm -hmm. love, has actually seen some sales this week, which is very exciting. But cellular housing, it's 
seven Tez. There are still 87 left. And it's kind of scratches that isomorphic stacked building itch that, you know, I think that gets solved in a lot of other projects. But this one is still available for a very cheap price. Yeah, seven Tez. Not bad. This is actually the last philosophy drop that we had on the platform. They haven't been around. Another one that I bet would have been on your list as well is Oyoyas by El Tono. Which we've talked about many, many times, yet is still mintable. I don't yeah. get it. It feels like this project was more recent than it was, but it's from October. So over six months ago, or just about six months ago, which is a third of FX Hash's life. <laughs> but yeah, this is a project by El Tono. It was 444 editions, 15 Tez. 253 of those have been minted. So there's still a, about 150-ish left. Go check it out. I mean, we both had this as like a project of the week. We both minted multiples of this. And it has slowly been minting, very slowly, but I feel like it probably hasn't gotten some love in a while. If you like really process-driven generative art, cool color palettes, go look at Oyoyas. Perhaps we'll start doing a, a quarterly Oyoyas <laughs> update slash yeah. reminder segment. Yeah. We have one more here also from early 1.0 days, Light Bars by 1098, which we called out on the episode when it came out, I think as a, either as a top project of the week or as one of our favorites. It's a super glowy, like light focused project that just kind of screams out at you. It's very neon. It's very in your face. I think it is probably one of my top 1098 projects on the platform, maybe after Winterland, which is very fun and cool. <laughs> I agree. I really like this project. I remember, I think it came out, it's, it came out April 16th. So I think it like, might have come out the, the first week, week. Yeah. of 1.0. The project I knew them for from the beta, they've had a lot of work, but the one I knew them for was Light Cells, which was a really popular project in early, early price discussion days. They've continued to release work. They have a lot of different stuff on the platform. A lot of their recent stuff also unminted, but they've been doing more of these like landscapey things, beachy things. Like very much like game design type things, just in terms of aesthetics. And I think from their Twitter, I think they actually do work in game design. In game design or in like making art for games or, or something along those lines. So that would make sense. But going back to your recommendation, Light Bars is definitely my favorite of theirs. I was really surprised when this product didn't mint out. It's still open for two tests. It's really cool. I think that week was a crazy week for FXash. It was hundreds of pro projects were released, I think, by volume at that point. We'd have to go back and check the notes. I know that we cataloged it, but it was an absolute insanity. I'm sure that yeah. there are a lot of hidden gems from like that first month in particular that will be worth back and going to look at. That was our Mintables this week. Go check out these older hits. Pick some up if you like them. Our top five is a top two this week. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start with Reflejos or Transmontana? Let's talk, start with Reflejos, which came out earlier in this week. It actually came out last week, but was disabled, right? They were doing a live minting thing with it for a day or two because mm -hmm. this was a Bright Moments drop. So this is like the third Bright Moments release on FX Hash. Cool to see them using Tezos and FX Hash. And we do get into that a little bit with Seth in the interview. So then after that, they opened it up for people to mint normally with the Dutch auction. And it went all the way down to 50, which was surprising. Mm -hmm. I did grab a ticket. Did you consider one? No, I completely missed it. I, I think I was out doing something or taking care of a screaming baby at the moment. So missed it. There is one ticket coming available for 50 in about four hours. So maybe I'll try to look at them then. 
it's almost fully redeemed. I mean, 90 of the 100 have been redeemed. So if you can grab one, grab one. The rest are listed for very expensive. looks like one person might be trying to flip the tickets. Just looking at one person who has like five of them set up for about 400-ish each. It's a really cool project. It's just kind of like a bit of a, a theme I think we're seeing in generative art right now are these like flowy, fluid, colorful shader things. But this is a very, very nice execution of it. I think it's interesting that this is a params project as well, because looking through, it's a lot of cool flowy shader things, but you can really easily tell how people have chosen to make it their own. There are some that are all like very similar within like the, the tight flows versus some that are just incredibly splotchy and out there. I just wonder if we would see this type of variety if it had been listed as like a normal project. Uh, like I'm looking at number eight as an example of like the splotchiness where it's way more subtle. It's not clearly as like as liquid as many of the projects that are here. I also think that some people found some very cool color combinations. I played with the params. Unfortunately, it wasn't like super performative on my computer. So I didn't go through a ton of different variations, but I did end up on one that I at least thought was really cool looking. I ended up going for a very slow, I think it's Tide, is the one that dictates the speed of how it animates. I'm not seeing you in here. You're not seeing me because I already moved it to my vault. Ah. Number 77. Okay. The thumbnail I thought looked really cool. The thumbnail doesn't tell you very much, right? Because the second you start playing it, it evolves and moves. Mm -hmm. It's very lava lampy. Yes. Yeah. I think that this is... um... A very cool project. It's interesting just comparing it to some of the other projects that have come out in the recent past. The Jarrah's collaboration with Tender comes to mind is just something that kind of feels and moves similar. Obviously, the color palettes are incredibly different and they're very different projects, but you're still getting that lava lamp feel. Yeah, the Jarrah's one plays more depth mm-hmm. and a different style of movement, but they are, they do feel like of the same moment. Because mm-hmm. like, there's also been some other projects like the names are escaping me now, but I've seen on Twitter also artists advertising upcoming projects, and it's more of that shader experimentation. And Bello as an artist who's also has one coming soon. In the feed or? Oh, actually it did release already on FX Hash. It was called Materia Fluida, and it's oh, still yeah. available to mint. Mostly reserved at this point, but there's still a few open for eight tes. And this feels very different. It's almost very different. more, it's very noise driven just in terms of the shapes versus the very solid fluidity within Reflejos. But again, from a shader's perspective with organically moving colorways. Yeah, absolutely. Within that same camp. That covers Juan, his first also drop on FX Hash. And the other drop this week was Trans Montana. This was a big project of the week, right? For sure. Even from a primary price point, 200 editions Dutch auction that went down to, I assume, 20 the bottom tier. I think it went close to the bottom, if not the bottom. I was surprised, I guess, to see it mint out, not because it didn't deserve to mint out or anything like that, but just because it feels like we've seen artists come in with projects like this recently and not just for whatever reason not have success. I had kind of thought that people were just ignoring these landscapes. Mm-hmm. People did not ignore this one. And in fact, not only did they mint it out, but it had a huge amount of love on the secondary. So... It is a pretty big step forward yeah. from their previous work, which didn't really seem to play into this landscapey thing at all. But I mean, I guess what, like if you look at Migration, Yellow House, they're, they're definitely doing some of that realist stuff in there. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about Transmontana? This is the type of project that if it hit the bottom tier of the Dutch auction today, I think in the, the hype days of FX Ash, I'm thinking if it came out a year ago, it would have been 
bonkers expensive, right? Not on the primary necessarily, but it would have exploded on the secondary just to the absolute level landscapes that was out at the time. Like this yeah. one, I think from an artistic perspective, it's, I love the moodiness. I love the graininess. I kind of love the somber feeling that it evokes in my soul. But I think that at this stage within the FX hash game, not, it's not a game, cut that out or you can keep it. <laughs> the FX hash meta. Yeah. Like, I don't think that this is where we are from a community of art collectors at this point anymore. Well, that's kind of where I was meandering to in my intro, which is like, oh, I kind of just assumed this would be another landscape and people were tired, but people really like this one. I think mm -hmm. in particular because of the variety that's baked in and it does feel new-ish as far as FX hash goes. Some of the colors, the compositions, mm -hmm. the variety of layouts, it is nice. I mean- you know me, I'm a landscape hater at heart, but I get why people like this one. And there's yeah. a ton of detail too. If you look on their Twitter, they were showing that if you up-res them really high and you zoom in, like there's a ton of hidden detail in these that the thumbnails aren't going to show you. I think this is mostly just incredibly high taste. It really goes into the this looks like it, it was painted mode more than most of the projects that we see here. And, you know, in that respect, it's obviously very different but following kind of in the path that Nudaru has taken within his landscapes and his trees. Mm -hmm. But this is definitely a different era, a different genre of that painted look. It also attracted some big collectors who we haven't seen doing a ton of collecting lately. Like Lamond jumped back in and grabbed four of these. Picasso collected a couple in addition to whatever they might've minted. 65 secondary sales, 34 left on the market, which is about 15%. So it, it's by modern standards, by 2023 standards, this is like performing as about as well as it can. Really impressive. So yeah, anything else to say on Transmontana here? Very cool drop of the week. Very cool. Very tasteful. We both like it. Unfortunately, neither of us collected it, but happy to see a big success. Let's do shout outs and looking ahead then. Shout outs. My first one this week is Messy Vowels by EJ Amaka. 50 editions, two Tez, it has minted out with only three available. This is just a really nice play with typography and just the different ways of kind of transforming letters in this space, specifically vowels, in order to fill space and rectangles. It's super fun. According to the description, it's a continued exploration of prior work done by Vera Molnar, but within mm. an AP5 context. Lisa Orth collected a couple of these. I saw those go through the reveal feed. That got you to jump in? Did you mint one? I did not mint any. I don't know why. I just I just didn't. They're cool. I really like these. I, I noticed a couple going through the sales feed, but I hadn't looked closely at it. But looking at the collection, it's kind of a shame it's a small collection, but I guess I get it. They're operating under some pretty tight constraints here. But some of these really do pop out. Yeah, number 50, I think in particular. It's the only one that has that red pop. I think that this could have been way more pieces in the project if yeah. there was continued exploration of the use of color. I was going to say this reminds me of an Ip sketch, and then I see Ip sketch collected two of them. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Three of them, actually. Four of them. Ip sketch got multiple of these. So I guess. Is that the alpha? Perhaps. The Ip sketch alpha? Ip sketch and, and Lisa own a good chunk of this small collection. The floor is 50, and then it quickly jumps to 1750, and then 2000. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a collection offer will get it done a little cheaper. <laughs> yes. This is a cool artist to have. On the radar, actually, they have got one previous project that was a really low editions also, 32, called Zoom, 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 from back in January, January. Kind of just very tasteful, design-driven work. 
And then the other other shout out you wrote here is Jeff Tezos Free Art Week. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Tezos has been dominating the Tender Reveals feed this week with a ton of different projects that were released. At least four projects out this week, all for free, except for one that is point one Tez. And not all of them have been minted out. Some of them have actually been burned down, which is insane. Yeah, the unfortunately named Glory Hole. Which is actually really nice. <laughs> I might mint some. Maybe we could have come up with a more appealing name than that. Well, have you read the description? Ugh. Where is the light well, coming from? All right. I mean, that is pretty funny. Yeah. But <laughs> still, it doesn't inspire me to want to mint it, I guess I would say. No. I'm actually going to add one last shout out here to a project that I was looking at and almost minted, still might. It's called Lines and Dots Minimal from Hash to Art. And it just has this very cool... It's very Eltono vibe. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Some of these really reminded me of Eltono. The only thing that kept me from minting it as I was playing with the variations is I felt like some of them, they don't quite fit the frame. Sometimes they only take up like 80% of it and they get awkwardly into the corner. This might be an example of a project where I feel like the idea is really good. The aesthetic's really nice. But perhaps just like that last step with whatever they need to do in the CSS or the JavaScript to make sure it always looked consistently centered. But I really like this like RGB, CMYK aesthetic thing they have going on. 3D glasses vibe. Mm, the RGB shift parameter. Ah, it's very it cool. cool. Oh, that and also that it's a params project. And I was like, oh, I just kind of, when I look at these, I just want a random one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just want to shout that one out because it is still mintable. And just looking at what people have minted, they actually look pretty neat. I'll do one more shout out. Yeah, like, do I, more. I don't know where I sit with this project fully, but I'll shout out Dr. Bill for Par Clouds, which came out, I think, today or last night. And it's just uh, some colorful neon squiggly dots going across a spacescape. But when Dr. Bill first started releasing, I kind of just expected it to be a couple projects. You know. Oh, Dr. Bill is consistent. Dr. Bill is prolific. <laughs> Dr. Bill has released a lot of stuff, some really cool. Some I'm not so sure about, but just the volume is surprising. I actually like Creature Transformations too, which came out last week. Superimposed octagonal pyramids was really cool to me. Oh, the, I have and to some other stuff. Down. From, so yeah, many. you scroll down to the middle. And the calligraphy project was kind of cool. A lot of them are like references to like older classic gen art projects and people he used to know and, and work with. And yeah, Dr. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of mintables here. You know, I think it also speaks to how the space has changed, not within the last year and a half of FX Hash, but over the last like literal decades, as what could be done with computer art has just exploded as computers have gotten more powerful, better storage, GPUs have become a thing, right? Versus what was out there in the 1960s. I started reading a book this week called When the Machine Made Art, The Troubled History of Computer Art. Finally trying to read one of the art books that I bought. And the entire first chapter is about that initial creation of computer art in the late 50s, early 60s, the idea of even using a computer to create art. It actually very interestingly came out of Bell Labs and like the military in a way mm -hmm. in, the, in the US. Like the very first piece of official computer art was made by a scientist doing military projects and just was like, oh, this is a cool idea. I can do this because those are the people who had access to computers for the most part. But a lot of the critique and criticism at the time is eerily similar to the critique and criticism that is still around or that we're hearing now. So it's like in 60 years, it feels like people are saying the same things about and pondering the same ideas about what it means to involve a computer in art. Is it really art? What counts as art? 
none of these questions are new, apparently. <laughs> like people really hated this stuff back then is what I'm getting from the first chapter of this book, at least. It's good to see that nothing changes. And we're all just repeating old patterns. You know, yeah. fashion is just the year 2000 all <laughs> over again. I will do more of a formal book report on that maybe next week. Okay. There's some very cool ideas so far, even just from this first chapter. But do I we need get to start a waiting to be signed book club? If the market stays slow, we probably should. <laughs> okay. It would be more educational than just kind of talking about 10 different platforms. <laughs> That's very educational, yeah. perhaps less valuable for our long-term thought process. Yeah. I will say this book is it's interesting, but it's it's academic. It's not like an enjoyable or pleasurable read, but it's also not overly dense. So I'm getting through it. Okay. Maybe look ahead to that, a future book report. But what else are we looking ahead towards? The big one, and I think this is a semi-exclusive scoop. Maybe it's on Twitter. Maybe by the time this episode goes live. It'll be on Twitter. Yeah. But there is a new tender collaboration, this time with architecture. Very, very exciting. It's an AI series that will not be on FX Hash. It will be released on Ethereum via the Artblocks engine. It'll be coming out May 12th with an actual physical side. There'll be an event in New York City at the Bright Moment space in the seaport. You'll have the ability to purchase an actual print while you're there. And then there will be multiple minting options as well. Those parts we don't really know for certain <laughs> what those are going to be, TBD. But the physical part is cool. Yeah. Very nice spin by AJ to do like a physical with NFT thing. You know, We've talked a lot about how much we like this trend on the show. And I think hopefully one or both of us can try to be there too for anyone who's local in New York or might be around. Like, Let us know. It would be cool to meet up with some folks at this tender release event on May 12th. Very excited for this one. Yeah, same. If there's a live minting thing, which I don't know if there will be, be very excited to uh, do that there. What else is coming up? We have a new ADAD Andrew Strauss piece that is being teased on Twitter, tagged FX Hash. So this is a project that's called Three Lines. It says coming to FX Hash. We don't know when, but the one image looks really cool and also really different from the work we've seen from Andrew on the platform so far. This will be one to watch for sure, especially given the, the relative dearth of projects being released right now. It's good to have something big to look forward to and be excited about. I'll collect if it's not like 500 Tez or something. Yeah. And then off the platform, there will be a new MProps release next week, the generative AI side, long form. It's called What Does It Mean to Have a Body by Santiago Ney. May 2nd, 500 editions, 35 Tez. They've definitely backed off a little bit from the Beast's edition sizing and, and pricing. But yeah. this is another, it's interesting. It's very different. Reminds me of um, some of the AI stuff that I was doing when I was doing those like physics-based prompts. Mm. Some of the aesthetic here reminds me of what I was getting out of, it was probably the previous version of Midjourney that I was using at that point. But some of just like the colors and drawings. So I wonder... If they're using Midjourney here, that would be a cool coincidence. Probably more appropriately priced. Maybe still a little high for right now. Honestly, the beasts are still only half minted. Oh, wow. And still available to mint. 535 seems like it's a little tough still. But we'll find out, I guess. We'll see. And I think Santiago is one of the uh, co-founders of MProps, right? Okay. So this is another founder taking a swing. Definitely looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Obviously, Bright Moments coming up. Neither of us have mint tickets to that, but... I'm sure a lot of people listening are getting ready to pick up their Lars Wanders or their Ivona Tows and all the stuff that is coming available. Next week, we're going to do our monthly market update. It's been almost a month since we've done one. And that was our quarterly update. 
So we'll do that. We're going to check in. I haven't looked at it. So no. I'm excited to put that together and see. Tez has been pretty flat. I expect it to be pretty red though, based on the trends. Well, <laughs> it will also be the first one that we've done with collection offers out there. So we can potentially see if those have had an impact on floor prices. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, it'll be hard to tell for sure, just given the fact that the market's been so down. So floors have been naturally dropping. You know what we forgot to mention? What? The Sasha Styles Art Blocks drop. Oh, yeah. It's a curated release, 400 editions. The Dutch auction went all the way down to 0.2, where it got a flurry of mints, but it's still available. About half minted right now. It was pretty cool, though, seeing, you know, Sasha on Twitter I think it would be easy for an artist to get disappointed at a project like this that's curated, coming out, hitting the bottom tier, and not fully minting out and having a bunch of secondary market activity. But Sasha's positive attitude was really inspiring. You know, she was retweeting people who minted theirs and were enjoying them. And then she was just talking about what a big deal it was that poetry was getting this kind of money at all. She seems just very excited at how well it's done so far. And I've been pretty tempted to go get one, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. load up a little bit of ETH and pick one up. I think it's it's definitely something unique to what's been on Artblocks before. Doing something brand new, I think it's super cool. I think maybe people just don't get it, which means it's definitely art. Yeah, I think people definitely don't get it. It's a very different project for Artblocks and Curated in particular. It's weird. I mean, I love seeing them taking a risk like this yeah. personally. I hope that they're not discouraged from it because of the lack of mints. I mean, to be honest, like I just think speculators look at this and they don't see an easy flip and they don't engage. And we've seen that same thing happen on FX hash, right? It's um, mm -hmm. it's a hard truth of the generative art market with NFTs is that a really good chunk of people here are really only, only here for returns. And that's it. If they don't see it an opportunity, then they're just not going to mint. I think the other thing to just to kind of track is that this is the second curated project in a row for Artbox that has been slow to mint. The Robert Hodgson went out at the bottom as well. Yeah. No one's immune. It just seems like, you know, a lot of that Eclipse.art stuff is not minted out. The vertical crypto stuff is struggling. Epic's hash stuff is struggling. We didn't even talk about Verse this week, but a lot of their most recent stuff is struggling. And it's just it. It's just the market right now. <laughs> it's not it's not any one marketplace's It's not the art either. No. It's just kind of overall sentiment. But, you know, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday or maybe today. Things are no longer moving at Web3 speed. Things are moving more at IRL speed, which mm -hmm. is probably not a bad thing. <laughs> it's just bad for content, which is why we might be doing book reports. <laughs> I think that feels like a good place to wrap this episode. Should we get on with our day? Let's get on with our day. I have a baby to take care of. Yeah, you have work have to do. I have some work to do. Real work to do. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, thank you, Trinity, for recording as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again soon with another one. Look forward to that interview with Seth and Ozzy coming up. That's it for this one. Later, everyone. Thank you.